Good morning, church. So good to be with you. How was your first few days of Lent? Everything going well so far? Yeah? Good, good. As a reminder, we are participating in the spiritual practices of Lent these 40 days, which began on Ash Wednesday, this past Wednesday. It will last all the way through to Holy Saturday, April the 16th this year. 40 days of Lent. Anybody can tell me the spiritual practices of Lent that we are participating in. Anybody know that? Brian. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Good job, Brian. And um, so just a reminder, the purpose of Lent is Jesus-centered. The purpose of Lent is to prepare our hearts for Easter. And this year, it's on April the 17th. And then the practices of Lent, prayer. Lean into prayer with renewed vigor. Use the acrostic P-R-A-Y if you have uh, trouble figuring out what to pray. P stands for praise, R, repent, A, ask, Y, yield. And then um, 40 days of fasting. One thing, give up one thing for God during these 40 days. One thing that you treasure, something that will be a sacrifice, a little painful, maybe a, a, it'll hurt a little, but that's okay. And then remember, as you fast, your attention and your affection is always on Jesus. And then 40 days of almsgiving, almsgiving, giving of food and money to the poor and needy among us. And remember to be to show uncommon generosity, to give generously. And uh, remember, we're uh, also preparing bag o blessings. And so today, my bag o blessing includes a water, some chocolate cookies and cream, um, chestnuts, a toothbrush, a toothpaste, a $5 bill. And I'm just keeping this in my car. And so... Whenever I pass by someone who is in need, I can be ready to show uncommon generosity. And so, bag of blessings. And for this bag of blessing, I'm giving it to Princessa today because Princessa, this past week, she gave of herself by donating blood. Yay, Princessa! Yay! And so, make sure you use that to be a blessing to others. Show uncommon generosity to someone as you drive by, right? All right. Good job, Princessa. I invite you to turn with me in your Bible to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, and we're going to begin in verse 1. Let me give you the context. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus is about 30 years old. He's just been baptized in water. And then he's just about ready to begin his earthly public ministry. And then we have Luke chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. And it says this. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted 
by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. And we're just going to stop there. That's a lot for us to digest today. But for homework, I want you to read the rest of this story all the way through to verse 13 for homework, all right? And so here we, we have Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days. And during these 40 days, Jesus abstained from food. Jesus fasted. And I assume Jesus also prayed. You see, fasting and prayer are always paired up. Fasting and prayer are always connected. When I was a kid, my mom sent my sister and I to Chinese school. We would have English school, 8 to 2, and then Chinese school from 3 to 5. I didn't enjoy Chinese school. My Chinese school teachers did not like to see me. And the feeling was mutual. I didn't like to see them either. <laughs> the only thing that I enjoyed about Chinese school was the annual summer picnic at Kapiolani Park. They would have relay races and they would have prizes and it was cash prizes. I was excited. And one of the relay races that they had, it was called the three-legged race. Anyone participated in three-legged races before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty entertaining watching, pretty challenging. Um, you have to partner up with someone. You have to pair up with another person. Fasting and prayer is always partnered up. Fasting and prayer is always paired up. Fasting and prayer is the ancient spiritual practice of getting serious with God. Fasting, in particular, examines our hearts. Fasting brings out the best in you and the worst in you, yeah? Fasting brings out the good stuff and the junk stuff. I like what Richard Foster in Celebration of Discipline says in his book, Celebration of Discipline, Discipline, he says this about fasting. Listen to this. More than any other single discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. This is a wonderful benefit to the true disciple who longs to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We cover up what is inside us with food and other good things. But in fasting, these things surface. If pride controls us, it will be revealed almost immediately. David said, I humbled my soul with fasting. Psalm 69.10 Anger, bitterness, jealousy, strife, fear, if they are within us, they will surface during fasting. At first, we will rationalize that our anger is due to our hunger. Then we know 
that we are angry because the spirit of anger is within us. Then we can rejoice in this knowledge because we know that healing is available through the power of Christ. What are you controlled by? What's in your heart? Fasting is God's testing ground and fasting is God's healing ground. So watch for it in the next 40 days as you fast. As God brings to awareness what's in your heart. You see, the blessing is that as that awareness comes up, we can come humbly before God and ask for healing. So after 40 days of fasting, the Bible says that Jesus is hungry. He is ono for some, ono, ono for some local kind grinds. He stay, he stay ono for one rainbow's mixed plate. Barbecue beef, boneless chicken, mahi-mahi, two scoops rice, two scoops mac salad, gravy all over. Jesus is hungry. And it's at this point that the enemy turns up the heat. You see, oftentimes, the enemy shows up when we are at our weakest the enemy shows up when we are most vulnerable. And so the enemy begins to question Jesus. If you are the Son of God, the enemy says. The enemy says to Jesus, you, the Son of God, really prove it. And the enemy will use this tactic on you and I as well. You, a good parent, really? You, a good friend, Really? You, a good spouse? Really? You, a good Christian? Really? You, a beloved child of God? Really? One of the tactics that the enemy uses is to question your identity. That's why it's so critical that we have a strong and healthy identity that is anchored in Jesus Christ. Otherwise, when the storms of life come, we will lose our way. And instead of identifying with Jesus Christ, we're going to begin to identify with our circumstances. And some of you are going through circumstances right now, and you're beginning to identify with your circumstances. Don't do it. Your circumstances do not define you. Your identity is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. Parents, moms and dads, one of the main things that you must do as you are parenting your children is that you have to instill in them a healthy and strong identity that is anchored in Jesus Christ. This is something that they must have before they leave home. And so you have a very short window of time to do that. Make sure that your children, that they're 
identity is anchored in Jesus Christ. And so the, the enemy says to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Two observations first. The enemy tries to trip Jesus up by asking him to misuse his power for his own benefit, for his own selfish benefit. Prove who you are with a display of your power, the enemy says. Turn this stone into bread. You're hungry. Serve yourself. Satisfy your appetite. You deserve it. You've been fasting for 40 days. You deserve it. The enemy will try to trip us up in this way as well. Instead of focusing on others, the enemy will try to get us to selfishly focus on ourselves. I was at my niece's softball game right after church last week. He's, she's 11 years old, a good softball player. And I was watching this game, and, and the opposing coach, the coach on the other team, kept yelling to his players, you do you. Anyone heard this term before? You do you, very popular term in our culture today. I didn't say it out loud because the coach was pretty, a pretty big brada. <laughs> but my inside voice said, no, no, don't use that term. You're teaching your children to be selfish and self-centered. Don't use this term. You see, in my opinion, you do you is a very selfish and self-centered saying, and it shouldn't be a part of the believer's vocabulary. Be careful about adopting the language of our culture. Always filter the language of our culture with the Word of God. You know what the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians 6? It says this, You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you at a high price. So you must honor God with your body. How can you do you when you don't belong to yourself? You were bought with a price. And that price was the priceless blood of Jesus Christ. You are not your own. You do not belong to you. You belong to God. Jesus is our master. We obey Jesus. We honor Jesus. So be careful about using the language of our culture. And be careful that you do not misuse power or freedom or your gifts, talents, abilities, and skills for your own selfish benefit. And then the second thing about tell this stone to become bread is this. The enemy also tries to trip Jesus up by taking a good gift of God and turning it into something that it was never meant to. To be church a stone was never meant to be bread just as work was never meant to be our identity and security love was never meant to be lust 
Excellence was never meant to be perfectionism. Money was never meant to be greed. Food was never meant to be gluttony. Church was never meant to be shaming and to be segregating others and to be even nationalism. Be careful that you do not spoil the good gifts of God. And so after 40 days of fasting, the enemy turns up the heat. If you are the Son of God, turn this bread, turn this stone into bread. And listen to Jesus' response. And you'll see this response two more times when you read the rest of Luke chapter 4 for homework. Jesus says this, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. Jesus quotes Scripture. Jesus quotes the Word of God. We need to get this inside of us so that we have ammunition against the enemy. Get this inside of you. Read it. Respond to it. Study it. Meditate on it. Memorize it. I regularly memorize scripture. Why? For several reasons. One, I love God and I love his word. And two, so that I have ammunition against the enemy. And number three, it's because I love you and I care about you. You know how when um, sometimes people cook and they say, this is cooked with love. When I memorize scripture, it's memorized with love. It's memorized with you in mind. You see, I'm hoping that you say, gosh, Pastor Thomas memorizes a lot of Scripture. Maybe I should too. Gosh, Pastor Thomas is such an ordinary guy, and if he can memorize Scripture, I'm sure I can too. This morning, I want to close our time by reciting a few psalms that I memorized during the pandemic. And I'm hoping that you'll choose one of these psalms and you'll go home and you'll memorize one of these psalms as well. These psalms are great scriptures for you to commit to memory as well. Why? Because you'll be able to use it right away. You'll be able to put, put it into good use right away. Especially if you are dealing with grief or loss or trauma, and the like. First one is Psalm 27. Psalm 27. Psalm 27, memorized with love. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, 
It is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His sacred tent. He will set me high upon a rock. Then my enemies, then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Isn't Psalm 27 a wonderful psalm to take home and memorize? Psalm 46, memorized with love. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the, though the, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. I messed up on that one, huh? Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake, with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord God Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, 
Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord God Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Isn't Psalm 46 a good psalm to take home and memorize? Wouldn't you be able to use this psalm right away? Psalm 91, memorized with love. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side. 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you, to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Isn't Psalm 91 a good psalm to take home and commit to memory, to engrave on the tablet of your heart? Church, we need to get this inside of us. Read it. Respond to it. Study it. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Amen. Well, the middle of this month is um, actually St. Patrick's Day, and so um, receive this uh, Irish, uh, traditional Irish bl blessing. May the road rise up to meet you. 
May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God bless you and have a wonderful week.